it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Uh. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. I caught him. Yeah, okay. Sorry, guys. Infobears! Also, 
this year, for the first time, we're having a children's book drive. We're going to be giving away children's books, um, preferably scary science fiction, like horror, you know, fantasy, Harry Potter, Goosebumps, uh, any of those things. So anybody listening, and I'm making more announcements this week, um, uh, just uh, drop off, uh, donate your books, and we're going to give them away to kids. Uh, usually every year we give away um, copies of books that uh, have been published by Black Bedsheet Books. Um, and this year we're going to do the same. I'm going to be giving away select cop to select people of my novelization of Halloween 4 back from 1988 and a couple of my own stuff, too, that I'm, I'm saving. We might have a raffle for it because supplies are limited. I'm trying to wrap that around my head, figure that out, but we've got still plenty of time, and we're going to have local business people at tables promoting their stuff and giving away candy as well. So it's going to be like a mini convention. It's going to be like a mini convention here. Like it was yeah. two years ago before the pandemic, and I had authors, special um, authors signing books. But uh, still, I mean, day in and day out, trying to get all this done and, and uh, so that we have a hell of a Halloween. But for anybody listening on the Black Bedsheet book side of things, yes, 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 I'm doing everything I can, and I will get these books out by Halloween. So, uh, uh, so pay, please pay attention to our Facebook page uh, and uh, our, especially our Facebook group page, Black Bedsheet Books, and always go to downwarden.com for things uniquely me and Black Bedsheet Books as well, and blackbedsheetbooks.com. So I guess that wraps that up. And you, awesome. Breathe. Breathe. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, no, that that's very good. That is a very, very good, very good. Awesomeness. I'm excited. All right, now. You too. Everybody. Yep. Are we cool. ready? Are we yeah, ready? We are. ready we're to bring ready. them on? Are you sure you're ready Let's for it? it? I'm ready for it. So I got to tell you right now, we are the number one show on the live streaming on Blog Talk Radio right now because we've got. I'm waiting for. Uh, Butch Patrick, are you there? I am here, Francie. Man, this is it. I, I cannot tell you Yay. how awesome I am that you decided to come on this show. I, I'm, you know, I'm being Francie, honest I'm with wor- you. I'm a little worried about you. You need some more energy. <laughs> I, you know what? I, the thing is, is right before the show starts, I'm like, oh, I should have taken a nap. But as soon as that lady, the British woman, says, your show will go live in five. Also, I just like kick in. The adrenaline just kicks in. <laughs> this well, is all for natural. Me no, thank I, I I cannot thank you enough for being here. Uh, like I told you, I don't know if 11 years I have been trying to track you down to do this interview. We're here now, so your your quest is over. Rob Zombie has been chasing the movie for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I was going to ask you because you know first it was a rumor. Oh, Rob Zombie's going to remake the monsters. Is this fake news or is this actually going to happen? It is going to happen. It's happening as we speak. Wow! Wow! Cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, and 
and the, what, what are your uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, have you seen who's going to play Eddie for, uh, for this go around? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to be on camera, but I'm very happy about it. Rob's a very talented guy, and he's totally capable of going in and out of different kind of genres. He's not all about monsters and gore, although his movies in the past have been that way. He loves the monsters, and he's certainly going to be capable of bringing it to the screen uh, and make everybody happy. So I couldn't be more pleased. Yeah, I I do remember that was one of the speculations. Oh, my gosh, Rob Zombie's going to do the monsters movie. Is it going to be blood and gore? So I don't that's, believe that. I'm, that's good because I the, the cool thing about the monsters was the innocence that was always involved with all the characters. I mean, the way you guys portrayed all those characters were just brilliant with the innocence. Well, you know, in the in the Hollywood and movies and music, you know, giving you a perfect example of Alice Cooper. You know, it's a stage show. It's entertainment. It's uh, uh, you know, Coop is a very down-to-earth, wonderful man, and he puts on a great show, but stage is a totally different person, and uh, that's the same with Rob and uh, and Sherry Moon, for that matter. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's even better, you know, because um, I, I know, that, I know there, there are some people where even if they're off the camera, they still think that they're in the spotlight, and they still kind of carry their own presence like that, and so – it's good to see that they're able to shut it down like that. So that's cool. Yeah, I've, I've, it's going to be it's going to be really really surprising in a good way. Everybody's going to be very happy. Excellent. Yeah, you know, guys, I, I wanted to add this too, but uh, uh, when I first heard that Zombie was doing um, a live action uh, feature film of the Munsters, I could not help but think of way in the '90s when he did Dracula, because that's the car that they rode in. And he, yep. he, you know that he was a fan uh, since way long ago, the Munsters. And he said so when he came out with that song and that video. Yeah, there's a, there's some overtones. There's other things going on with it that I'm very, very confident about the whole thing. And like I say, um, I can't disclose it, you know, anything. I'm sworn to secrecy, but everybody's going to love it. Sweet. <laughs> That's good. Sweet. In fact, I, I think it. I think it took too long to make a Monsters movie. Really, I'm. I'm well, totally shocked that it's taken this long. They've had the licenses. There's been several different companies. The Wayans Brothers had the licensing for it. The option to do it for several years back, uh, about ten years ago. But Universal's very, you know, they're very protective of that franchise. The Monsters has been really, really good to them. They've sold a lot of product, a lot of licenses for a lot of toys and, mar- and garments and this and that. So they're very protective of it. And that's I, I know that Rob and, and, the, and Universal came to terms with something that would be acceptable to everyone. So I know, you know, between the Zombie Camp and NBC Universal, they've uh, they've come up with a really good form so that that I believe will be uh, beneficial to everybody and, and mostly the viewers. I'm just trying to figure Not out who they have to play Lily. <laughs> Oh, that, that, well, you, that shouldn't be too difficult to figure out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh Sherry Moon. Yeah. <laughs> duh. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> you know, well, but I, that'd, that'd be great. That'd be a good choice. Be, you know, but she, in this case, I think she's going to have some, you know, big shoes to fill. Because, I mean, you know, Elon yeah. was definitely very, very classy, without a doubt. Yeah. It's going to be good. Every, you know, everything's going to be good. So, anyway, listen. Um, Sitting here with my sister, Michelle. 
She's on the yeah. road. She flew into she flew into Myrtle Beach to join me for the last two weeks of the Halloween tour, heading west. We've got all you know. I mean, the Munsters is really popular, and I get a chance to do a lot of stuff related to the Munsters. But on the road, year round with the Munster coach and doing events, I'm really happy that Halloween is like the 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 big month of the year for us. Oh yeah, most definitely. Cool. And without a doubt. And your your sister Michelle, she has she has her own business, correct? Yeah, Michelle. It's a funny thing, Michelle. Her you know, Lily is actually my real last name is Patrick Lily. My 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 last name is Lily. My first name is Patrick. Butch was a nickname, so they came up with Butch Patrick as a stage name. But Michelle Lily, my younger sister who just joined me, she's got this really cool company, and it's called Keys to My Castle. But the reason to tie into that is Michelle was the reason that I actually got into show business in the first place. Had it not been for her, I don't think I would have ever stepped foot on a soundstage, and my life would have been much different. Yeah, it was a, that, it was a photo shoot, right? You guys went to a photo shoot. I tagged along to a photo shoot, and after they were done shooting her pictures, the guy looked over at me and said, you know, uh, I would like to take a couple shots of him, and he, you know, he put this hat on me, and the photo wound up on Hollywood Boulevard, and a producer and a director were walking by, and they still had not cast the youngest son of Eddie Albert and Jane Wyatt in this little movie they were doing, and I wound up winding up, you know, I wound up going up to 20th Century Fox, and auditioning and reading for them, even though I had never done anything. And they uh, wound up hiring me, giving me my, giving me my first job. And it was kind of a strange six degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon thing where, you know, just if it hadn't been for my sister, I would have had the pictures or gotten the movie. I would have never wound up with the real McCoys and I wouldn't have wound up at general hospital and I would have never gotten to the Munsters. And then Michelle, you know, with living with my grandmother, me and her used to spend a lot of time with my grandmother and my grandmother was a big antiquer, and, and Michelle would accompany her to these uh, auctions. And so while Grandma bought stuff, Michelle was enamored with keys and these old skeleton keys, and she'll tell you the story from there. Say hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> hi, guys. <laughs> hi, guys. How's it going? Hey, How's Michelle. Going? Hi. Yeah, no, Grandma was great. We had a little drama that was like 4'11", drove around in a Cadillac sitting on a pillow all across country going to sales and auctions. And I started going through when I was like in three, four. And I, you know, she would stay till the last thing sold. So I collected keys and I just promised her at some point, I was, she said I was about seven. I promised her I'd make pretty keys someday because I thought these beautiful keys to these people's homes that have some meaning to them. It was like family crest or it just, they all seem to have a meaning to the people that own the home. So I thought people should own keys that were a reflection of their personality. So I started the business and I got really lucky. I got picked up pretty quick by Neiman Marcus, and and it's just a, it's just a unique thing. It's an accessory, but it's functional. You get the key cut to your house. You've seen the you've seen the website, right, Francie? Yes, I did. In fact, those keys are pretty badass. I, I yeah, I'm really going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> I I do yeah. like those keys. So, something yeah, tells me that Francie's already decided her Christmas gift this year. There we go. Yeah. Francie. <laughs> Do. But um, and and ironically enough, my monster-inspired keys are obviously very popular, uh, which takes them wherever it goes. And I did even did the Wolfie Wolf Wolf doll, and um, Wolfie's signed on the back of the cast by Butch. So if you get the key, you get his signature with it. Oh, nice! Yeah, 
we're kind of like the Donnie and Marie of Halloween. I'm a little bit country, and she's a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> well, you can't go wrong with oh, that. cool. That, that's an analogy. <laughs> that's that, what like I... Tom Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, I just hope he left the bell bottom, so. You know, leave those yeah. for, uh, for the Osmonds. Yeah, right. Yeah. And those yeah, well, so, since since we definitely got you both tied down here, uh, if anybody wanted to look at that website, uh, where would they go? It's keystomycastle.com. Okay. There you go. And you guys do have to check out the keys. If you forget that, everything that I do is listed on munsters.com. That's an easy one. Yeah, and the keys are on there too. He promotes my keys on his site. Awesome. I think that's I think that's great that the two of you are still very close. Yes, Michelle was uh, when I go to the West Coast, she uh, allows me to stay with her. I'm, I'm on the road so much, I don't actually have a residence of my own. So I wound up uh, <laughs> in Manhattan Beach at her house, which is a great place to land, uh, especially during this crazy pandemic that's been going on the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah in fact, uh, you ended up quarantined over there because you came to visit her and then the, the whole state locked down, right? Three days after I came out to visit, I was, uh, like I say, they, it, got, it kind of got stuck out there. But it was lucky for me that uh, I got a sister with an extra bedroom and her dog likes me, so uh, I was allowed to stay. <laughs> nice. <That's> perfect. Helps <laughs> when the dog likes you. The dog, the dog was a deal breaker. A lot of the dog likes me, absolutely. And she doesn't like many people. It usually is. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm so much a dog person. Yeah, I see a little rescue. Got her here on the plane, and she's not a fan of the plane, but she's happy when she gets here. So listen, <laughs> let me tell you another thing that's interesting. You might, I don't know, I don't think you're aware of this as of yet, but you know, I have a YouTube channel called Coach to Coast. Because I have a Munster coach, I travel all over the country. I do a lot of uh, segments on famous people's grave sites, and some alive, some dead, obviously. But um, the new one that I'm very excited about is called All Things Munster, and it's oh, launching. Nice. We pulled, I think we pulled the trigger on it yesterday. And what the deal is with the Rob Zombie movie coming out, we decided that because of the pandemic, everything was stalled out. So we want to. In the month of October, with Rob Zombie's movie announcement, there's a new channel on YouTube called All Things Munster ATM, and it's going to feature Rob Zombie's segment, and it's going to feature George Barrett. So, uh, Wednesday, I'll be in Dallas at the Munster Mansion in Waxahachie, the couple that Sandra and Chuck McKee built this incredible recreation of the Munster household. I'll be there on the Today Show featuring information regarding the Kevin Burns Munster Auction. Kevin Burns was the world's largest Munster collector and a dear, dear friend. He passed away last year, and his collection will be uh, auctioned off. It's up for sale, a lot of stuff, but Munster stuff was his most cherished and beloved thing. So all this stuff, Munster surrounding Munster stuff, all is happening, and you can catch it on all things Munster. So I'm really proud of this channel. It's going to be a launch. It's going to feature all kinds of good stuff, celebrities, non-celebrities, cars. You know, I'm a car guy, so... Just wanted to give you a little bit of a of a I guess it would be a uh, scoop on that. That's that's awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Thank yeah, you. I, I've already gotten it written down. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Good. Already well, got it written down. 
I got a little notepad with me. It's called Butch Patrick's Notes. <laughs> <laughs> Butch Patrick. Edward Wolfgang. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's great. I, I, I think that's awesome. I, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, yeah it's, um, uh, it's, it's funny. The fan base, uh, you know, 57 years ago, I wound up doing a little show that was actually, I, I, got, I got into it by default. You know, they offered it to Billy Moomy. He didn't want to do it because of the makeup. His mom didn't like the makeup. I was living in Illinois with my, the grandmother that we spoke about, so I wasn't even in Hollywood. And then they did a pilot with Happy Derman, and then the network said, no, we're not happy with Happy or the mom, Joan Marshall, and they brought in Yvonne DiCarlo. And I wound up you know, flying up to a, to, a, to a screen test, which wasn't really you – know, normally kids have to read and go through a process, but I went straight to the studio and got on camera, got hired, and – 57 years later, we got a popular show that never went off the air and has legions of globally, worldwide. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I, one thing I wanted to ask, I mean, did did you, did when you guys started this, did you guys ever think that the monsters, I mean, so many years later, like you said, it, it never left the air. Did you guys ever think that it was going to be such a craze? Well, no one did, and I'll tell you why. Because syndication didn't exist in the mid-60s. It was, it was not even in any – but well, maybe a few people thought about it, like you know Jackie Gleason and, and Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, because they owned the show and Ozzy and Harriet and this type of thing. But most, most people had no idea that there would ever be a market for a show because they made new shows every year. So, no, we didn't. We just uh, went about our business, and then about a year and a half after the show went off the air – uh, syndication started, and they started rerunning shows, and the rest is literally history. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing well, because syndication was not available at that time or popular at that time, you're probably not getting royalties off the monsters now. Is that? No, no, I'm not, and no, and actually, no one. Well, a few select people are, but the standard SAG contract back in the day did not have a clause it's well what what i had in most the standard contract read 10 reruns nothing into perpetuity you got 10 reruns and then it you know it slowly curves down to nothing and that's pretty much the standard deal they fixed that contract in the 70s but it certainly uh, didn't help anybody and it wasn't retroactive so it is what it is but i look at my residuals as today being able to tour the country working with businesses to help them market and promote and, and draw attention out to their, to their businesses. And that's what I enjoy doing is partnering up with small businesses, especially ones that are coming out of this pandemic. I've been working with uh, theaters. I've been working with car dealerships, a lot of places that are trying to stay alive and, uh, and still have a business to come back to when this whole, you know, this whole fiasco is over. Well, that's, that's very yeah. cool. Well, it's definitely, I mean, you know, hats yeah. off to you for doing that because, uh, you know, Lord knows we would definitely have enough of the uh, businesses that, that can benefit from that help. Oh, yeah. 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 We we do yeah, have I, we do have a caller. We have a caller a call. already. Yeah, oh, I, I, I know that a lot of people are saying they want to call in, and let me tell everybody that's going to call in, if I don't pick you up automatically – Please stay on hold. Uh, we'll pick you up. And all right. So uh, area code eight six four. Eight six four. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hello. 
I wanted to ask Butch about how he felt about the last independent film he drives at night that he did. Where was that at? The He Drives at Night movie that you did. Yes, yeah, that was fun. That was a good idea. <laughs> is, is this who I think it is? <laughs> it is. How you doing, Butch? <laughs> I'm doing fine, my friend. How's it going? Yes, that was wonderful. I, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I was in a at a desk and I was playing a, uh, a principal, right? Um, a deputy dep- uh, district attorney. <laughs> district attorney. That's right. I knew I was in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The district attorney. The district attorney, and we had a serial killer. Got it. Yeah. There you go. And you didn't Very, catch the guy, I, man. What's up with that? I did Whoops. three. I, I did three movies earlier this year. I got to keep them straight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, guess, I, I gotta tell you, Francie, 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 this is one of the interesting things about being on the Munsters is people, filmmakers, watch the show. It was inspiration. They enjoyed it, and they come and they reach out to me to be part of their, you know, their baby, their their movies that they're making, and they write a part for me, and I get a chance to give back to the community and be in these great little independent flicks simply because people were fans of the show. And this is a perfect example. That's awesome. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's that cool. Great. Yeah. And it's great that you're, it's great that you're doing that for them. Cause I know like, like tonight, I think tonight with here, like I said, 11 years. And when you finally said, yes, I, I, I did a dance. I literally did a dance in the living room. And then you I ran out to you did the I ran out to Nick and I said, we got him! We got him! <laughs> well, that's hey, good. Yeah, Maybe. Butch, uh, it, you you got to believe us. Uh, I mean, I'm Francie's other half, and uh, she's been talking about you ever since yeah, <clears throat> ever since she started the show. I was a guest on her show back in the early days, and we got we hooked up <laughs> because of her show. It's a, it's been a long like twelve twelve years or something like that now. But uh, back in the day, she was talking about you, and I've seen you at conventions. I've been at uh, a special guest at, at some of the same conventions that you've been a special guest at and stuff. And we met a couple of times, but that was like back like fifteen years ago or something. Um, but uh, it, she's been talking about you uh, for a while, not not constantly, but you know it's always been brought up. I got to get Butch Patrick, and I keep telling her, well, just go ahead and do it. Uh, just check him out on Facebook or l- look him up or something, you know. I mean, so it's like it, it, she is really excited to have you on the show. She really has been following you. Well, I appreciate that, and and you know it's 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 great to have been part of a show that people you know find so um entertaining and fond memories and you know like my my monsters book is called monster memories because literally the stories that people have shared with me at the table about how much they love the show with a loved one or a grandparent or a favorite uncle that's passed it's just all about people multi-generations of kids of all ages literally i not not to sound like walt disney but multi-generations of kids that have watched the show who are now older or my hell i'm 68 so people that grew up my age you know obviously watch it first go rounds and then their kids in the second go round and third and so and so forth now we're getting into the fourth generation of viewers and it's uh bigger than ever it's amazing it's, it's a definite phenomenon it's it's, it's something real special well yeah i got one little confession go ahead, real quick uh, william 
Uh, I got one little confession. I did watch the Monsters growing up through, you know, all my years. Nick, I love you, but Butch, Patrick, I had a crush on you as a kid. <laughs> there. I said it. There. There. I said it. No. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you know, no, 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 no. No, I was oh, going to say that now follow that, I certainly will. <laughs> I didn't have a crush on you much, but um, you know, I, I am a second generation fan. You know, I, I was introduced to the Munsters through my dad, and so yeah. uh, you know when I was uh, so when I was growing up, um, you know, just like Eddie, I used to sleep with my Mego Wolfman, and then uh, one of my first uh, rescue cats that I had was named Herman Munster. There you go. Oh wow. Well, yeah. so, I'll tell, I'll tell you one of the funny things about the Munsters, too, is it's got the most famous address ever in Hollywood, 1313 yep. Mockingbird Lane. People use it for codes. People, they, I mean, you ask any trivia question about the Munsters, the, the easiest and guaranteed the, the, the answer you will always get when you ask about an address is 1313 Mockingbird Lane. It's probably the most famous address ever used on television. You know what? I yeah. never realized that. Duh. Yeah. Well, the reason why is they would they would use it they would use it as a setup, like right before they would go to commercial, like let's say the opening of the show, they would say, you know, whatever. If there's a contest winner, and they would say, oh, we've got a contest winner here, and uh, it's a Mr. Herman Munster at thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane, and then they would go to commercial, and then they would come back, and then Herman would be reading the invitation, but they would always use it in the script writing as a tag or as a bump to the next scene. So they they totally always emphasize that address. It's it, it's the most popular address ever. Wow. Now I'm going to well, go back and watch bit, the I'm a Munsters. first generation fan because I'm 61 as of yesterday. So I remember the series when I was a kid, starting out and everything. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Bill Mooney because I remember he was uh, played a character on uh, one of your few friends that you had on the show. Visit uh, and yeah, he was a practical Joker. Googie, Googie yeah. Miller. Doogie Miller, yeah. And um, I was just I was just wondering what was it like working on the show. I got kind of twofold question. What was it like working on the show <clears throat> at that age, and what was it like? How was that different than when you were on Lidsville? Oh well, um, this, the Lidsville was a very quick shoot. It was eleven weeks, seventeen episodes in the summer of '71, where I turned eighteen doing that, and I was in a whole different world at that particular time because obviously I uh, was an adult uh, or at least you know legally legally I became an adult but I was pretty much on my own for a couple of years prior to that but uh, the Munsters was just you know a regular go-to-work job with somebody driving you to work but the Universal Studios unlike Paramount where we did Lidsville I went to work and uh, like I did like Herman Munster hours of Lidsville I went to work I worked all day I went home Universal, I had some free time as a kid because I wasn't in every scene, I, and I got a chance to go explore the Universal back lot and all the other sound stages and all the other things that were going around. So it was more like a, um, I don't know, um, and it's, it, it was more of a, a 12-year-old kid's dream to be able to go explore and check things out and see what was going on. That's what kids like to do, where the Elizabeth uh-huh. was more of a, of a show and, and working environment, and it was a lot more strenuous, and I had a little bit more going on then that I had to, you know, deal with outside the the realm of the normal stuff. 
because of the little people and the sound stage and the, and the director in another sound in another stage with a God mic and then voices from a voiceover artist and then you had Billy was great and and Sharon was great and Charles Nelson he was kind of a handful but uh, it was you know it was only eleven weeks and it was a different kind of show you know it was on videotape mm-hmm. with a film where the monsters was does on film so they were totally different. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's nice. And how was that? How was uh, uh, Charles thing, Nelson right? Riley a handful? Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he just thought I was. He just thought I was cute. I did not expect that answer. <laughs> you know, Surprise. with me, I I grew up with the Munsters also in syndication. I I was born in '66, and uh, so in the '70s, I was really like you know watching a lot of TV stuff, Bewitched, and all the all the syndication stuff. And and the Munsters, yeah. I I always like was drawn to more than like the the Adams Family compared. And so it, I don't I don't know why it's just I guess psychological. Some people like the Adams family more than the Munsters, and some people, I'm a Munsters person. Um, but uh, but I the the thing I loved the most about me growing up in the '70s as a kid was the Saturday morning stuff, not just the cartoons, but the Sid and Marty Croft stuff. And I liked Lidsville more than I did H.R. Uh, Puffin stuff. Um, uh, every time there was Lidsville on, it's like it, it was like a treat. It was like something that was like, you know, it was like my dad going out of his way and giving me a cake, and it's not my birthday. <laughs> Just I really loved. It. I don't know what it was, but back in the day, I never made the connection that you were the same person that played Eddie Munster. I, I, you were just another. You, you were just the the kid in uh, in Lidsville. And uh, it, it's just so I'm glad that somebody mentioned Liz, uh, Lidsville and brought it up. If not, I was going to just butt in eventually and say, somebody yeah. talk about Lidsville. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it was, it, it, it was uh, awesome. It, it, was, it was, you know, it was a different, it was a good show. The Crofts were doing some wonderful work Saturday morning. They were very creative, went on to do a lot of stuff. And, you know, and this was one of their, this was their third show. And it was funny because, you know, I actually had said no to, to, the, to the part a couple times. I wasn't, you know, I didn't really want to do it, and um, I was going to school at the Cowsills at the time, and I kind of went to high school, I was in high school as a senior, and I asked them what their thoughts were, and they go, you never turn down work, what are you, an idiot? So um, <laughs> I, decided, I decided that I would I would do it, they, you know, I had to cut my hair, even the hair that I had on the show was still reasonably long, but I cut about six or eight inches of my hair off, because I had hair like Robert Plant, you know, it was, it was the early 70s, and everybody had long hair. That were rockers, but I'll tell you the re- I'll tell you the real reason why I did the show. I was in the last interview when I agreed to, before I agreed to do it. I looked over and I saw a really great picture of the Bugaloos on the wall, great big one, and I noticed the one of Caroline Ellis. And I said, "Is there any chance? Oh, yeah. show- Is there any chance it was every show up teen on boy's dream then, man?" <laughs> well, it was like I said, yeah. might- if there's a chance of meeting her, I'll do the show." And I agreed to do it, and I never did meet her. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, I mean that, that sounds like a fair trade. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're yeah, I was bummed when they. <clears throat> I was bummed when they didn't renew the Buckaloos. Yeah, she's she's you very know, nice. She's living in Portugal. 
Well, let me just say the show made me miserable because he was on the cover of every teeny bopper magazine from 16 to star, and every little girl in elementary school wanted to be my best friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, we're trying to get through it to him through you. <laughs> Oh, See, there, there it is. I was oh, ahead of my time. I had a crush on him way before that era in his life. I, I was way ahead of my time. Oh, you were ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, let Love me you ask me. you this, too, while, while I'm thinking about it, uh, uh, Butch. Um, when, uh, you know, a lot of times I hear over the years that directors, producers, so forth, uh, they have a good relationship with actors and, and people, and, and they kind of call them back. Have you ever worked for Sid and Marty Croft since Lidsville? No. No. Nope. Oh, wow. Uh, I've been, I've been to uh, events with them. I'm friends with Sid. I'm friends with Marty. I've seen them a lot, but I have not. Physically, uh, wait, well, you know, the one thing that I did for them, but it wasn't directly for them. I did commentary on the Lidsville DVD with Billy Hayes. So I guess in a way I sort of worked for them again, but not not actually, you know, one-on-one or, you know, doing anything. It was just um, personal appearances and functions like that. Oh, wow. Did did you actually do the commentary with Billy Hayes with, yes. with her in person? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. That's, what was Billy wow. Hayes like? Yeah, she's, she's really awesome. Like, what's awesome. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was, it was about 20 years ago when we did that. Wow. What was Billy Hayes yeah. like, Butch? I mean, she was great. No, she was oh, wonderful. She was, the, she was the rock of the show because she had been, you know, I mean, Sharon Baird and the little people had all been on the show as well. But uh, uh, Billy was great. She was the one that took me aside and really helped me learn the Croft way of uh, – of doing business and stuff, so that was helpful. Oh, that's cool. Wow. That's nice. Definitely can't go wrong with that. So well, she was kind of a mentor um, over the years a little bit, you'd say? Well, just for that summer of 71. Ah, well. Uh, how did you get into the Phantom Colbert awesome. uh, film? <laughs> yeah, this, you know, and... Is it, I, well, you've probably seen my – Francie, you've seen my IMDb list of shows I did, right? Yes, I, I – yes, in fact, I actually have your IMDb uh, uh, up right now. Well, you know, in between the Munsters and Lidsville, there's a couple items in there that were, I'm really proud of. One of them, you know, as a 14-year-old kid doing the Monkeys Christmas show was a big week for me. Uh, eighth grade, Monkeys were huge. They were just, you know, all over the – like – as big as the Beatles, if not bigger at that time in America, because oh, yeah. of the show. And I got a chance to work with them, and I remained friends with them, you know, forever. I mean, until obviously Davy passed and Peter passed, but Mickey's still going, and he and I are good buddies. And that was a big thing that I was very proud of. But yeah, did you get a chance to ever see that movie called The Phantom Toll Booth? Yep. yep. No, I, I, I have yeah. not. It's a it's Chuck Jones's only feature film. And you know who Chuck Jones is, right? The, the genius behind a lot of the Warner Brothers cartoons. Bugs Bunny and that. Bugs and, yep. you know, the Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote and, you know, all of these great things. And, I, and for a couple of years, I worked with, you know, Mel Blanc and Dawes Butler and June Foray and Hans Conrad and all the great voiceover people that Chuck corralled into doing this movie for him, with him. And uh, 
I was lucky enough to be plucked out of Hollywood out of a bunch of kids and wound up getting the part uh, that I really, really was very proud of doing as well because it's a book. It's mandatory reading in a lot of schools, and it became Chuck Jones' only feature. Uh, and that's a, that's a nice piece of work, too. So it's not – I'm not a one-dimensional guy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's, it's still no, a great I'm, reader. I'm, I'm you know, wow. Regardless of the age. Yeah. It was a – I remember it as being a pretty decent and, and entertaining animated feature. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was very, I mean, it's it's dated. It's dated because of the. You can know. You know, it's a '60s mo- uh, cartoon because there's there's yeah. a certain style to cartoons from the '40s, the decade of the '40s to the '50s to the '60s to the '70s. You definitely can look at a cartoon and know pretty much what decade it's from. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, but, but I mean, you know, but, but then but I think they're more entertaining, you know, more fun. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know. A lot of them are still timeless even to this point, especially when it comes to Jones's work. So, yeah, yeah, you were you were also in The Simpsons in 1989. Yes, uh, no, uh, no, no, I wasn't. Uh, the Simpsons came out in 1989, I believe, and I did their season 11. Oh, okay. So I was in season 11, and I. I'm pretty sure it was right before. Uh, let's see, it would have been. When did the Simpsons come out? They came out like in '87 or something, I think. So I would have been in '98. Wow. Yeah, about so how, how is that? I mean, because I mean, honestly, to be a part of the Simpsons, I mean that that's actually a pretty big moment, uh, from what I heard from yeah. a lot of actors who. But the rat, it's funny, the rationale that I had when the first, when the Simpsons came out, I told somebody, when they were like in their fourth or fifth season, I was looking at all the guest stars and the guest voices, and, the, you know, they had Mick Jagger, and they had George Harrison and Paul McCartney, and they had a, a, who's, who, a, who's, a who's who list of uh, all these major players, and I said, God, I'd love to do a, a voiceover. Are you there? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. we're all here. Well, I would here. love to do a voiceover before they go off the air, you know, for the rap party because if they have a rap party, everybody shows up, and I get a chance to meet all these great people. Well, it's 32 years later, and there's no rap party, but half the people I wanted to meet are dead. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still kicking. No. <laughs> well, for now I am, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good for 68. I'll be around for 68. You, you look good. I mean, you're you're still very handsome. Why? Well, thank you. you. Know. Remember, hey, yeah. you're married. Oh no, I'm not no. married yet. Oh, well, okay. Now, <laughs> 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 like Stay away from my woman, Butch. I'm not kidding. Put a ring. Put a <laughs> ring on. I'm going to interrupt Francine long enough just to say, man, thank you so much. You know. Enjoy the work we did for me was amazingly great. You were awesome, and thank you. Know, you. Love the friendship that we formed over the past couple of years, man. And just always great to talk to you. And I am going to go away and listen because it's Wait, a great show. Wait, before you and, go away, is this is this Chuck? Yes. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> is he Chuck? And and in fact, Chuck I too. would also say it it was Chuck that you actually got this show to happen. 
You're like, oh, yeah, I know Butch Patrick. <laughs> oh, Chuck Chapman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's one of my authors, too. He's waiting for his book to come out. <laughs> like I said I at the waiting beginning for of the show. To come out. Don't worry, we all are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we were. Yeah, uh, Chuck was a guest a couple of weeks ago, and he's like on the show. He's like, "Oh yeah, I've worked with Butch Patrick." I'm like, "What? <laughs> Do you know how long?" Yeah, that, yep, that, that's when the phone Chuck, dropped. Chuck Chuck messaged me and he says, "Okay, Butch Patrick wants your email address." I'm like, "No freaking way." <laughs> <laughs> It's always a pleasure, my friend, and we will talk soon, man. Take care, buddy. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, Francie. Bye, Nick. Bye, Chuck. Bye, Chuck. Take care. Chuck's a good guy. Yep. Yep. We we, we, uh, we like Chuck. Now, if uh, Michelle is still on, I I do want to ask her uh, something about the keys. Of course. Awesome. Um, with the holidays coming up, what, what's the general turnaround time if people wanted to order some uh, offhand? Well, usually turnaround time is just a few days. I mean, I usually get everything sent out within two to three days. I'm having some casting issues because I'm, I am I make everything in California. I don't want to make anything outside of the country. I kind of, that's oh, kind of a thing. Yeah. With, well, you know, amen to that. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. There will be none. So, so um, you know, with California changing its mind every other day of what can be open and what can't, sometimes it's yeah. <laughs> taking a little longer. But most, I try to keep most everything in stock as much as possible. And, okay, um, cool. A certain color crystal I don't have, but I, I usually, you know, I try to keep everything as much as I can. Awesome. So, well. I'm I'm not gonna fully spoil it because I know my wife's gonna listen to the rebroadcast on it, but um, I'll probably be ordering from you here in a couple of days. <laughs> good to hear. So, yep. Yeah, those those are those are good looking keys. I told you guys you're gonna love the keys. Those those are really nice looking keys. Oh, I, I was you. totally I, impressed. Well, I like you. If they're nice, I get a lot of emails from women because they can feel the key in their purses because it's three dimensional, obviously, and they. They say it's dark, and I can grab my key, and I know immediately I get in my house faster. I feel safer. I get all kinds of that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, I see a lot of people wearing them and refusing to get them cut because I think they're necklaces, so that's irritating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you're defeating the purpose. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> but, but, but then that's when you could take it to the next level and be like, oh, no, this this is an original Lily. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, you know, what's what's cool about them, too, is if you really wanted to – let's just say you got a list of 20 or, you know, 20 people on a, on a Christmas list. There's so many different – she's got about 150? Right now, yeah, four collections and about 150 keys. About 150 keys, wow. and you can find something for a personal it – it would be hard – you'd be hard-pressed to look at her keys and not be able to find something that would be perfect and, you know, and would be, you know, like, for someone <clears> who has – a, uh, everything, you know, a hobby, whatever they like, she'll have a key that will fit their, you know, desire. I do a lot of business with uh, real estate agents. So if they sell a beach house, they'll buy a mermaid and a seashell, or you know, they, they try to coordinate the keys to match the house, which I think is really nice, and it's better than a bottle of wine. So, that oh helps. yeah, that is awesome. That is an awesome idea. <laughs> 
honestly, that that's a great idea. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. that. Yeah. Now I wish I was a real estate agent. I would buy all the yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the website right now. It they are they are gorgeous keys. Everybody, I love the little skull, uh, the skulls with the crossbones. That one's pretty uh-huh. cool. Well, I'm, I'm sure we could find one that, that can match werewolf. Yeah, there's wolfies on there. He's there. There you go. And yeah, are you talking about keys. are you talking about Francie's book, Werewolf? Yep. Oh, we're sure about the uh, that's what I thought you were. Oh. Francie did write a book called Werewolf. That was oh, published that. by moi. I encouraged her before we met. She'd already wrote it, so it's not like you know. Okay, I'm a publisher and and, and write something and I'll publish it. No, it's uh, and it, it's a really good book. As a matter of fact, the great soul singer Solomon Burke, who is also on her show before he passed away, and she spoke at his wake. Um, he uh, uh, he gave like uh, some uh, a really good review himself of, have you, of her book. Have World. you had our mutual friend David Naughton on your show? Oh, David's a funny guy. I I, I met him at no a few kidding. conventions. <laughs> what was He's more name? than a pep. He's more than a pepper. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh. <laughs> But, but you have to admit, you know, sometimes you either want to sing uh, Bad Moon Rising or offer him a Dr. Pepper. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, Butch, uh, I'm, I'm about to order some copies of Werewolf, and I would like to send you, uh, you and your sister, a free copy. Okay. Michelle, give yeah. me your address. Not, not online. No, not, not now. On the email. Email. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't say it like yeah. You know what was funny? He he was so sweet. Uh, Luke Luke Frignal. We were at a comic con here in Sacramento, and Luke Frignal, you know, he couldn't hear very well, so he wanted he couldn't hear on my phone, and he had a special phone that he can hear. And he said, "Let me give you my phone number," and he was about to give it like live on the air, and I was like, "No, no, <laughs> we're live. Don't." <laughs> Don't give out your phone number. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so he wrote it down on a piece of paper. But he was so cute. He was like, let me get out. I'll, I'll give you my phone number. And you guys can call me. And I'm like, no, don't do that live on the air. <laughs> I think, you know, guys, with Francie and Friends, uh, a lot of listeners that uh, have been with Francie and Friends for years and everything, and just like uh, – just like the great Solomon Burke himself said, it's kind of like sitting on a couch when you're here. It's not like, you know, one of those um, uh, podcasts well, where it's all, like regimented and, and you know, and stuff. It's just, it's kind of like sitting on a couch. And I think some people just kind of forget that they're actually being, that they're actually live and there's like uh, thousands of listeners. I, I think that, that's, the, that's the whole, like, like putting up, finger on the whole thing there you go i well for me i'm actually lying on the couch like a psychiatrist in the room i feel like tell us about your thoughts yeah 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 there we go (laughs) (laughs) at least we know you're nice and comfortable tonight so How was it growing up on the Hollywood set? I mean, 
Universal Studios. It's, you know, people say, do you ever, do you feel like you missed your childhood? I said, I had a great childhood. I was just working. But yeah, Universal was a wonderful place to hang out. See movie magic being done firsthand. It just happened to be something, you know, some kids get up and go to junior high school and I got up and, you know, went to work and had school on the set, but still a childhood, just a, just a different one. Yeah, I it, it's yeah. probably more. It's probably like uh, yeah. I, I did read that a lot of your you your what uh, your father or grandfather owned a casino. No, my dad did, and it was a it was a poker room actually. It was a it was a Gardena was famous for having legalized poker for a long time before the rest of L.A. County. And then I had another, his brother, uh, another uncle, supplied horses to the studios. I'd see Uncle John up there a lot because we had three Westerns at Universal. We had Gunsmoke, we had Laredo, and we had the Virginian. So it, w- it wouldn't be uncommon for me to see John up there as the Wrangler with his horses. And uh, uh, that Dave, our, our dad, had the uh, Rainbow and Monterey Clubs down in Gardena. So yeah, was, uh, that's kind of how that went down. Wow. Oh, now, to cool. me, that would be a great childhood. Well, it was, but it got even better because my mom, when she remarried after uh, they mom and mom and our, our our dad got divorced, and then she married Kenny Hunt, who was our brother's father. He was a professional baseball player. At, I was eleven and twelve years old at the time, so I got to go to the ballpark and shag flies and playing the father and son game uh, while Michelle got to babysit the infants. Yeah, I was always the babysitter. <laughs> 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 He's like, damn you. Congratulations. Guess what you're doing tonight. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's actually kind of cool. Not for the sister. I, I'd rather be at the ball game, but... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was fun. In fact, uh, Kenny he actually acted in the one time on the Munsters when there was an episode called Herman the Rookie where he uh, got to play the catcher that didn't want to take a throw from Herman, and he says, "No, no, not me, Leo. I'm going back to the minors." And unfortunately, I, that's I exactly remember that one. <laughs> I remember that episode. Ken Hunt as the catcher. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yes, that one was hilarious. I wouldn't want to yeah. catch a no. I wouldn't be catch a ball by Herman either. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was me. You know, it was fun. It was baseball stadium or the studio. I had a pretty cool childhood. Sorry, Michelle, now, um, you had younger. Now, what, what, one thing I've always been curious about, you know, kind of going back to what you had uh, mentioned uh, earlier in the show, you know, with the uh, you know, you know, people how they are on camera versus off. Um, yeah, I've always been curious. Like with uh, with Al Lewis, uh, you know, was he always uh, you know that uh, you know that that outgoing, just that silly, like like what we saw how he did with uh, Grandpa? Was was he the same? But you know, as soon as the camera was shut off. Yeah, the people in that show were pretty much like you would expect them to be. The characters. I mean, obviously Fred was playing a childlike Frankenstein monster, Herman Munster, and they they wrote it where he was very. You know, naive, childlike, whatever you want to call it. But Al was very much, you know, a vaudevillian actor and circus folk. And Fred was Harvard and and you know Connecticut. And they were they were opposites, but they were dear friends. And they were a funny comedy team. 
they complemented each other very well. But as far as the personalities, yeah, what you see is pretty much, you know, pretty close to what you would get once they were out wow. of makeup. Yeah, I, I did hear that they were, they were a bunch great, of goof-ups. I heard they were a bunch of goof-ups. Uh, like, they love making each other laugh. Comes to yeah, mind, they, 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 they love to have fun with each other and uh, yeah, play off yeah, of each other. Yeah, they, they were pranksters. Yes, they were pranksters, and they loved to mess with the uh, suits, the producers. They enjoyed producers miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. though. Yeah, they taught me that very on, very early on. They told me never trust the suits, and whenever possible, make the suits miserable. <laughs> I, I think it's probably one of the awesome. best roles to go with. Hey, uh, Butch, I, I've got another question. As a matter of fact, I've kind of developed these throughout the day. I, I, I would play jokes on Francie going, who's on, uh, who's your guest tonight? Butch Patrick. And who is he again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was just joking, and, and everything, just like, you know. But um, throughout the whole day, though, I was thinking about uh, what to ask you, and I've got most off of my chest, but um, I don't know if you've been asked this before, but uh, when it don't comes to, like, the world of the um, um, of the Munsters and also uh, probably the Adams family um, comes to mind, in your mind um, – what do you think their place in the world is um, as far as how the world sees it? I know that I know the gimmick behind the show and the whole nine yards and everything, but like in a reality situation or, or in your mind, I, I mean, were they like because they're monsters and because they do what they do, they're they're like um, they're they're not evil. They want to be like normal citizens, but they are what they are. They're undead. Or, or something, how did you always think um, that they related, that the world, that, what their place in the world was with that? Were, did they come from an evil situation with vampires and, and they just, uh, they're just a family? I, I think you get what I'm saying. It's really hard to put into words. Well, the, the, the unique beauty of that situation was what happened was the Adams family was going to be on the air in ABC. Adams family was based upon the Charles Adams uh, comic strip in the New Yorker. So they had a basis to come from. They, you know, there was, it was an extension of that, that comic strip, which was very dark humor. Okay. So what happened with universal and, you know, it's it's like they're always looking for a way to make the show. And, and if they're going to be doing this over here, what can we do over here? Well, the leave with the beaver people, Joe Conley and Bob Mosier, had a six-year successful show that had just ended, The Beaver, and they were at Universal Studios. Universal Studios is the monster studio from the late 30s through the early 50s. And yeah, they built Incredible sets, and they had this very good, uh, you know, world-class monster studio look and monsters. They could make movies like nobody's else. So what they did is they took the Leave it the Beaver success of the – family value point of view of a child's point of view instilled it into a Herman Munster Frankenstein character, which as soon as you saw Fred, he was not Frankenstein. He was lovable Herman Munster, who was somewhat naive and childlike, not childish, childlike. So Eddie actually became more of the 
the, the, the student versus the teacher situation, and we started doing a lot of those shows together. But the bottom line is is they, they took a studio that knew how to do monsters. They took Leave it to Beaver scripts, mixed them all together, got some great writers, got some cool cars, got some good guest stars, and created a show that happened to come together very nicely. On paper, it was a very big question mark whether it would work. But because they got the right people and it was the right time in society, yes, uh, there was a lot of social upheaval with civil rights, and the Munsters was a very soft sell on people looking different than yourselves living next door. Don't you know? Don't judge a book by its cover. Get to know them, mm-hmm. and it was and it was very it was a very social experiment that worked very well, but it was done very soft handed. Wow, that's so, so the I monsters never uh, they that just way. wanted to fit into society yeah. even though they were they, they came from like vampires, uh scientific experiments literally, you know. it's just a it's more of like a kind of like a uh You know, that's 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 going too far with it to be honest with you. Really here here's here's it in a nutshell. They they had the beautiful they had the beautiful yeah, they had a beautiful blonde niece living with them. They were a family. The bottom line was she would come home from a date. The date would see the family. The, the guy would dive over the fence and run away. She would lay her chest on Uncle Herman and say, oh, Uncle Herman, what's wrong with me? The camera would pan up to him. He would be at a loss for words, not being able to explain what's wrong with her, even though he feels, he feels that she is homely or un, unattractive or you know the, the unfortunate one. So the bottom line was it was just funny that she didn't see the family as monsters. She saw them as family, as families do. And yeah. he looked at her as this poor, unfortunate girl. What are we ever going to do with her, and how are we ever going to get her married off? Because if not, we'll be stuck with her forever. That was the humor. It wasn't really such a big experiment. I mean, they made reference to it in a joking way. They would say, you know, I'm a man of many parts. Or my head used to pop off. I remember that happened to me when I was young. But they never really got into the heavy-handed stuff. It was very lighthearted and simple. And the and the, the the key to it was we sat down for dinner. Herman kept the job. Grandpa went in the laboratory. Marilyn went to school. And Lily took care of the house like a typical Donna Reed family, except it was an unusual house with unusual people living in it. Uh-huh. But what was it like awesome. making monsters go home? I mean, since they, how did that come about? The movie and everything. That came about because they 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 knew that eventually they were going to try to you know this, this, nobody in that rest, they, they eventually they wanted the show to be you know this isn't really considered syndication, but they used to keep TV TV shows would be exported out of the country and sold. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know none of the rest of the world knew who the monsters were, so they did Monsters Go Home to introduce the world to what would then follow up to be a TV show package that you could buy. Huh. Oh, okay. Wow. It was a it was a business move. As Steve Martin said in the jerk, ah, it's a profit thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. How, how did the rest now, of the cast uh, feel about making that movie? I mean, did you enjoy it, or was it? No, and I'll tell you what. The, the most certain, the most surreal time that ever happened in my life was the last day of the shoot of that movie. Because normally you don't shoot a movie in sequence. It's very, very rare that the last time you ever do a scene is the last scene in the script. It just usually doesn't work out that way. 
But this particular evening, it was about 10 o'clock at night, and as we got in the Munster coach and drove away from Munster Hall, the last day of the shoot of the last day of the movie, which came after the last day of the series, after almost two and a half years, they actually said cut, and it was about 10 o'clock at night, and everybody said that's a wrap, and we all went our merry way and never saw each other again, you know, at least not for the next 15 years, as a Munster anyway. Wow. 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 It's really so interesting. It was kind of bittersweet. If you're familiar with the Munsters, there was a speech that Herman gives Eddie, and he it, somebody put it out when was it last year on YouTube, and it got like how many hits? Uh, almost seventy million. Oh, at least wow. the millions. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it was like, I mean, it's the thing about doesn't matter what, especially during this pandemic thing and all the social upheaval and everybody going crazy. They use this this this. Uh, I had I had grown a beard and I and I grew a beard because I you wanted to be taller and the beard came off and you know Herman <laughs> gave me a thing about no matter what you look like you can be tall or short handsome like your father you know whatever red green yellow black it doesn't matter it's the size of your heart and the strength of your character and it's a huge huge statement and and, and it resonates very very well whenever it, it's it's timeless. I, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I know it had. I know it had fifteen or twenty million, but no. And we were over fifty. I know that. Okay. Well, it had a lot. It had a lot of views. That's it. That's because everybody. Honestly, I I mean, I think that's great because you know when I posted on Facebook, it's gotten a huge reaction, and a lot of people said, "I want to call it," and they're they're telling me stories of when they met you. And everybody's, I've gotten a lot of messages, everybody's stating, oh, my gosh, Butch Patrick is the nicest guy ever. Well, you know, it's very easy to be, I, you know, I, I thank you, first of all, and thank you, whoever states that. But when I go out and I meet folks, it's very, very easy to be nice because people are, are approaching you with fond memories and a good, good, you know, a good aura of kindness and happiness. And all you really have to do is reciprocate. And I always found it to be easier to be nice than be a jerk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. I can't agree if more. If everybody out. thought that way, you, well, we would all be happy because everybody's not going to be a jerk. Yeah. Michelle's got something that I think her doormat says, be nice or leave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. I like that. I like it too. That's good. That's classic. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> so my, my lawyer's doormat says, "Come back with a warrant." Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or sovereign citizens. <laughs> so now let, let let me ask you this. I mean, you you started young, and you you were with Burt Lancaster. Uh, you were with uh, Julie Garland, what, uh, Mickey Rooney. Was yeah, that intimidating at all? I worked with a lot of big names in uh, in the '60s, and yeah, one of my first roles was on the Rawhide with Clint Eastwood, the very young Rowdy Yates, you know. And so, yeah, I was wow. very lucky. <laughs> did a lot of shows. Hey, listen, Francie, I'm gonna have to wrap this up here, kiddo. Okay. Well, we are I, in the after party. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, after party stuff goes on here. 
Thank you. I love talking to you, Butch. Um, uh, Patrick. Definitely Patrick's your first name, but I, yeah. I you know, it was great having you on. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you so much, Butch. You know, I mean, you, yeah, you made well, all was... you made all of our night. Uh, Wait, one, one, one question I did want to ask you real quick. Okay. You're in Myrtle Beach. Are you in North Myrtle Beach or are you in the pavilion? I'm uh, on a with the. I I just came from a, an appearance uh, at the Frightmares Haunted Trail, and the gentleman uh, Skyler who put me up, Skyler Donahue, put me up, and he's basically put me. He didn't even know my sister and a friend were going to be here, so I, he put me up in a house that rents for twenty five hundred dollars a day. Oh and wow! Right on the water. I mean, literally, I got to shut the door because the water is going to be coming in from the waves because it's high tide. So I'm right on the beach. It's a beautiful house. I couldn't have been uh, happier with the digs. It's really amazing. And the hot was great. And the what? Yeah. And the hot hot was great. He's got a haunted trail. It's uh, amazing. This guy's uh, he's just a genius when it comes to to stuff. So anybody, anybody comes to Myrtle Beach or is in the area and they want to go out and have a good, you know, Halloween walk through family friendly and all that kind of stuff go to frightmares haunted trail yeah, awesome. nightmares nightmares haunted trail nightmares. excuse <laughs> me excuse me I, I was asking because uh actually i i grew up in south carolina and once a year we we had a vacation in north myrtle beach yeah right well, I'm just, I'm, i guess i'm in just myrtle beach myrtle beach okay that would be the pavilion the pavilion's okay. nice too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, All right, uh, thank you, Butch. I, I cannot tell you how awesome this was. I hope you had a good time, also. This was a fun show. Yeah, Thanks, Butch. And, uh, and uh, keep plugging them. My sister's keys. I appreciate it. Anybody orders over a thousand dollars for the keys gets a free autograph picture. <laughs> hey. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I'll tell you what. If it's, if, it's, if it's all right, if it's all right with uh, the two of you, maybe every Sunday night when we do a show at the beginning, we can mention the keys, the that website. Great. Yeah, and if you guys wanted to make a little commercial, like audio commercial, we'll play it. We won't charge you a dime because, you know, we probably owe you money for doing this for us. So or anything that you post on YouTube, just let Francie know, and uh, and we'll put it up. We'll, we'll uh, like, you know, tell people about it and all that jazz. That would I be great. It. We'll do that. I like that. Thank you so much, kids. Yeah. Yep. Always right. happy to help. All right. Thank right. you, guys. Thank you, Butch. Thank you so much, Butch. Thank you, Butch, very much. Uh, yeah, thank you. We love you. Well, hey, I got to get back to Jackson City. I'm climbing out of a big hat. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 you finally got out of there. Get out of here. All right, Michelle, thank you also. You're welcome, you guys. I'm happy to send you keys, so just let us know what you want. All right, we, yeah, we if you want to send us an audio, we'll, we'll, I can load it up on the switchboard and we can play it, and we'll keep promoting the keys. Night, night. All right, cool. All right, good night. Good night. Good night. Hasta la vista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, so. Good night. Good night, everybody. Yep. Good night. <laughs> that was awesome. That was groovy. Ta-da! Okay.
Just like, just right. like uh, uh, at that, uh, the one scene in Raising Arizona, Nicolas Cage and Helen Hunt were like sitting in the lawn chairs looking at the sunset, and she goes, "That, that was, that. What was it? That was nice." <laughs> yeah, that was, that was nice. <laughs> hey, now, Francie, go ahead and let your breath out. Now you can breathe. Feel better? Yeah. How about a little night? Uh, 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 how about a little monster mesh? I'd say that that's the best way to do a good sending off for tonight's show. And uh, Nick, I might want to get Francie a Snickers just in case. A Snickers? A Snickerdoodle? A Snickers. Snickers. Oh, yeah, because I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, no, that that was great. That that was 11 years in the making. I'm really happy. So let's end it with a little monster march. Oh, we Well, here's to a world of gods and monsters. Master, you return.
Let's nail them on, Stunner. Everything is cool. Drax are part of the band. And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land. For you living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them the Realm Lord sent you. Let's watch your mash. Then you can Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. And do my great old smash. It'll catch on in a flash. You'll do the monster mark. Monster Mash. Uh, very, very excited that we could play that song. But that is House Me to Dawn, and they remade the Monster Mash. And let me just say good night, everyone. And uh, remember to look for the website, the keys to my castle dot com. And downloading. Yeah, downwarden.com, D-O-W-N-W-A-R-D-E-N.com, all things about me and black bedsheet books, all things about all the all the wonderful books that I publish, including our co-host Tom Sawyer and, like, uh, a ton of other people, things, all right. stuff, things. Say good night, Nick. Awesome universe. All right, say good night, Nick. Good night, Nick. All right. Good night, everybody. And remember, hamsters say woo. They do. Yeah, chickens say buck. Cows say moo. Dogs bark and cats say meow. But hamsters say woo. Well, that, yeah, good, I night. Of, good night. Good night. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.